episode 36 is upon us, and I was honored to be joined by longtime Patriots journalist Mike Reese. Mike Reese works for ESPN, ESPN Boston. He's been covering the New England Patriots since 1997, so about 21 years now. He's one of the main media faces within, you know, New England Patriot sports and uh, just a, an amazing guy, a, amazing guy from a professional standpoint and also from a personal standpoint. And uh, was able to talk to Mike about his story, his path, and take away quite a bit of inspiration throughout our conversation. So if you like sports, you're going to like this one. Without further ado, please welcome the one and only Mike Reese. The Optimal Life. Mike. Mr. Reese. Hey, Nate. How are you? Man, it's been a long time, man. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I know. I know. <laughs> to, I know we're going to get right into it, but I, I do want you to fill me in. I was I was looking a little bit at some stuff. Um, yeah. And, and what you're doing. So, I mean, it's, how long has you, have you been out of with Andy and, um, and uh, Wesley? Like, are you... Yeah. Has that been like five years? It's actually been like uh, seven years now. January, it was like uh, spring of 2011. 2011 was my last draft. Unreal. I know. Is that crazy? It flies by. It, it's a, well, it's scary, like man. It's going really well, so I'm happy for you. Yeah, thanks. You know, I just had to go make a decision at that point. As much as I loved working with uh, working with the guys, and I, I really, really was... It was really my my uh, a sweet spot for me because I was able to connect with those guys pretty easily, the, the players, yep. and uh, we had some good success, obviously, as as you're well aware. So uh, it was it was fun. It was definitely within my wheelhouse, but um, was looking to help out the family business, of course, and uh, find a little a little bit more stability and those kind of things. So it, it was a, it was inevitable that that was going to happen at some point. I just yep. didn't. I didn't know when. It, it could have been f- five years into the business, ten years, or or like it, it turned out about three, three and a half years. So, yes. yeah. And uh, you seem to be doing well, man. I just was. I, I've lost touch with so many guys. Uh, I, I I really kind of just checked out of the sports world um, when I left the NFL agent business. I just checked out for yep. for a few years at least. I just kind of was was focusing on starting my family and you know helping the company out that i was joining and trying to figure out that industry and that business and i was kind of like all right i I need to take a breather from all this football stuff so i kind of checked out for a few years and now i'm coming back around to it my kids are getting a little bit older and start enjoying enjoying some of those old time things again so um as you saw i I started this podcast Uh, i started it back in in mid-december beanie wells was my first guest actually I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, that was a nice that was a nice way to launch a podcast, I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And, and uh and then just have been rolling with it since, man, and uh it just kind of focuses on wellness and uh self improvement, business, yep. culture, really a, a wide variety of things and, and it's just about drawing inspiration from people. So on the sports side I'm going back to some of the guys I used to have relationship with, you you being one of them. And I uh, wanted to reconnect with you. I thought this would be really fun. I love it. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped, Nate. It's great to reconnect. So 
yeah yeah let's do it let's do it let's do it yeah so so anyways uh that's what's been going on with me defense contracting manufacturing all the uh all the non-sexy stuff tell me what's going on in in your world these days what's new with you so tell me nate are we are we recording now yeah we've been recording actually okay yeah is is what we talked about going to be part of the podcast uh yeah unless you don't want it to be sure yeah. No, no, no. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. So, all right. So, um, so what I've been doing is, well, um, writing on and reporting on the Patriots for ESPN, and I've been here since 2009, and, you know, you think about the Patriots and their run of success under Bill Belichick from 2000 to now, um, I guess I'd say I, the, the, the second half of that run, uh, I've been chronicling it for ESPN in different forms, uh, whether it's been writing or, um, you know, uh, on TV, on the radio, uh, anything like that. And it's sort of all things Patriots. Yeah, it's, it's amazing what you've done. And you started back in 1997, right? That's right. That's right. So Jeez. I had I had graduated college, undergrad, UMass Amherst, uh, sport management was my major, and um, I had um, uh, my first job out of school for the Patriots team newspaper, Patriots Football Weekly, so that was sort of a cool first job out of college, traveling to every game, and at the time, think about where we were in our world, 1997, um, you know really the web hadn't sort of taken hold at that point uh we were still on the dial-up connections and um and we were sort of dabbling at the at the team at that time um with website and streaming video and all that stuff and i i remember the owner robert Kraft and his son jonathan Kraft, the owners of the team saying this is going to change the world you know the way we consume information and boy were they right and you guys are going what the hell are you guys talking about come on (laughs) (laughs) change the world they didn't they didn't even know what that really meant they knew it they knew but they didn't really understand the the you know how vast it would be yeah well i'll never forget so the first game that i went to as an employee of the team was at Lambeau Field in Green Bay. So think about that, Nate. Like, that first job out of college, like, oh, hello, Lambeau Field. That's like, amazing. Not only, one of the greatest places in yeah. professional football, historic. And the game's ending. It was a preseason game. And my boss at the time, Fred Kirsch, who I'm forever indebted to because he gave me my first job and remains a close friend today, said, get down on one knee and just say something into the camera. We'll figure out what to do with it later. <laughs> and, and that's how it started. That was it, you know? man. And I don't even remember that was what it. I said. Hey, man, we could finish the show now. 21 years later, boom. We, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's incredible. So your first gig for the Patriots was a, an away game in Lambeau? It was. And wow, I think that's about amazing. It, so I grew up. I grew up in suburban Massachusetts. So I'm a New England guy. And for those who um, know New England sports, I mean, this is sort of part of our culture here. Um, I had not. I had not taken many trips as like a kid with my family. Like maybe been on an airplane a couple times. So you know, to me, this was like opening up a whole other world to me. Um, you know, to see different parts of the country. That's one of the things I've actually sort of like love about what I do is, yeah, you're covering the Patriots and, 
and sports and all that, but I've really um, got a chance to see like different parts of the country that I, I've never, I never would have imagined that I had seen before. Yeah, that's that's really incredible, man. That's that's really neat. So you were working for the local Patriots paper as your first job. Did you when you were in college, sports management? Did you have uh, an idea that you wanted to get into journalism, or how did that come about? I did. So so basically. Um, I was growing up. I loved sports. My father was a sportscaster, so um, you know he would be out at night and you know being doing the six o'clock news, the eleven o'clock news, and then he would coach my little league teams. I loved baseball. Um, I loved basketball. Unfortunately, um, one of the things I quickly realized as someone who's vertically challenged is nah. uh, my career wasn't. Yeah, Nate, we weren't going where we needed to go to, to have a career, right? Yeah, yeah. So, unless you were like, my, the, unless you were like the the white version of like Spud Webb, but you know, that's, that's right. He was like my idol, <laughs> exactly. right? I mean, I, I looked up to him literally. Ah, that's you funny, know? man. So uh, my dad had suggested to me. He said, "Look, you know, like you love sports. This is a way to be around sports. Um, why don't you get into you know." writing about them and so he literally this was before i had my license this is back in like high school he would drive me to the local newspaper and i was part of their sports department you know taking in scores from local high school coaches and um you know even going out to games and reporting on games and having you know articles appear in the next day's paper remember this is pre-web Right. Um, and so I sort of I sort of caught the bug there and just continued doing it in college, writing for the UMass student newspaper, uh, broadcasting games for the student radio station, and oh, wow. it was just sort of a yeah, just sort of a passion. It just took me over. And do you remember Nate? Do you remember UMass men's basketball in the mid '90s with John Calipari, Marcus Canby? Oh yeah. Teams? Oh yeah, for sure. That was. That was when I was there. Yeah, and it was glory days. Holy shit, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really neat, man. That's really neat. So you were you've been a Bostonian your whole life. You've been a fan of Boston sports since you came into this world, practically. That's right. That's wow. right. Wow, wow. You must be like a you must be like a local celebrity around there. I mean, what what's life like walking around with Mike Reese in the streets of Boston, man? Do people come up oh. to you? What's it like? Be honest with us. Don't be humble. Be 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 truthful. Come on, come on now. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't. I wouldn't say any, like it's different for me just because um, no one can really see me because I'm so short, you know. So they usually just walk right by me, you know. So well, when they rec- <laughs> when they recognize you, I'm sure you're like a beloved figure at this point with with especially with the Patriots, how, how well, successful they've been and how involved you've been. I mean. It's kind of like you're the when I think of Patriots football in terms of a media figure, you're the one that I think of. You kind yeah. of you kind of are the face of Patriots football for media people. Yeah. That that's like that's really nice of you to say. I think you know part of that is probably just the years stacked up, right, doing it. Um, but one of the things that I always say, Nate, and I think you you probably felt the same way, like when you were on the business side, like. It's not about, like, you as, like, whether you were doing the agent stuff or me doing the media stuff. Really, it's about the people you're writing about or your client that you're trying to do the best job for, right? Like, they're, they're the story. Right. And so, like, like, to answer, like, when you say, what's it like when you walk around? I mean, I will tell you, 
the first question that will come is, hey, what's really going on down there? Yeah. You know, like, tell me, what's, what's Bill Belichick really like? Yeah, you've like, probably heard the word Belichick and Brady from more people. You've probably heard those two yeah. words more than any two words you've ever heard in your entire life. Because everywhere you go, I'm sure yeah. that's what people want to talk about. Yeah, and, yeah. and or look, is Brady really as nice, you know, as he comes across? And so inevitably, like, and, I, and this is the way it should be, in my opinion, like, it's not about you, like, don't, don't think, like, you're getting recognized because you're any great cheeks, like, it's, it's about the team you cover, the people you cover, their excellence, you know, that's really the, the, where the attention and the focus and the spotlight goes. Yeah, and, well, and that's why, you, that's why you are so beloved, and that's why you are so recognizable, because you do keep it like that. And it shows in your work. I mean, that's what it comes down to. The people that are in it for other reasons. Same with the agent business. There's plenty of people that go into that business for whatever reason, but it's not about looking out for, it's not about bettering their clients' lives. That might be one of the, that might be reason number three or four on, on their list, but maybe they have some other things that they want to do. I've seen it. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, you've seen it. Yeah. You've seen and, it. And like, I, I won't give you an example, Nate, like, I, and I really feel this way, like, first of all, I think we're both at the same stage of our lives, like, I'm going to be, I'm going to be 43 in July, right. and, and I'm a thir- have, and I'm 37, so we're just a few years apart, okay. yeah. A little, little apart, yeah. um, but we have growing families, like, I have a nine-year-old daughter, a six-year-old son, and, you know, one of the things that, like, for me, every, what's important for one person, you know, might vary to the next. But, like, what's important for me is, like, can you balance out, like, what you have going on at home, be present, be around, and also pair it up with a job that you really like, you know? And so I feel really lucky. I'm, I'll take you back to, you know, June 5th to June 7th, where, you know, I drop my kids off at school in the morning to their elementary school, which is just, like, a pleasure, and then we, we walk over there, and then I get in the car, I drive down to the stadium, and I watched Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, and the team practice for three straight days, and I'm literally thinking to myself, like, we, I, I, get, I get to do this, like, that, like, I really enjoy it, and you're watching these people who are going to be considered maybe the best to ever do it at their position, certainly in that discussion, like, that's pretty darn cool, right? And then, like, you talked about this podcast. Like, you want to talk about motivation and self-improvement and, you know, wellness. Like, like okay, watch these guys that are obviously very good at what they do. Like, what is it? Like, what, what do they have in those areas that have allowed them to get to this point? Like, to me, that stuff's fascinating to talk about, to look at, to be around. That's beautiful. You've been, you've been blessed to be part of such a cool era in the terms of not only the media and the social media's obviously changed life, changed the way you guys do business. You're involved in this crazy time where social media, internet, uh, marketing, those kind of things, coupled with covering maybe the greatest team of all time in terms of a dynasty, you know, over a, I don't know, 10-year period. I mean, you are just, in, in, you are in an awesome, awesome position. So when you see those guys and you're out there watching them, what is it? I mean, what is it that they're doing that maybe their peers and competitors are not doing elsewhere? 
on like what I see on Tom Brady because you know first and foremost like there have to be some natural gifts you know that that you have like Tom Brady is six four like that helps right like if he was five six it would be a lot a lot harder you know to do what he's doing so you start with that like he He's got to have that, but then it's like, okay, well, there's a lot of six four people out there. What is it about this guy? Well, he literally builds his life around football, family. Like, it's complete devotion to the point that if you were to say to me, Nate, like, what's Brady got scheduled for July 16th, which, you know, is a month away from now. Like, what's he got planned for that day? Like, what's on the menu? What's on his agenda? Chances are, like, you could go to a page in his notebook and it'd all be mapped out. Like, it's that specific. Wow. That, that maniacal. So it's that. That's the first thing. Like, he makes a full commitment. And when you think about the word commitment, like, what does that mean? Like, we all could say, oh, that's committed. Well, no, this is like committed in all capital letters. Yeah, it's almost like you have to just be obsessed. Yeah, and I think that's definitely part of it. Yeah. Um, and and so I, I'd start there with him. I mean, the work ethic, it's off the charts. And, you know, and, and it's a never-ending thirst for improvement. Like how many, like our natural instinct is like, okay, we take a test and, you know, we whatever we did with it, we exhale. And maybe we give ourselves a break. Like, yeah, he probably gives himself a break every now and then, but I just see someone that's relentlessly in pursuit of the next thing. Wow, And those are some of the things that stand out to me. Oh, that's incredible. That's what it's all about. That is it right there. You you nailed it with that uh, analysis, I believe, because there's always, you're never at the top of the mountain. You're never there. I don't think we're we're ever there in, in anything we do in life. I think that there's always room for improvement. Whether yep. you win one Super Bowl, no Super Bowls, ten Super Bowls, you could always get better. And that's what yep. that's but what it sounds like Brady's approach has always been. Always get better. Belichick, I, I mean it starts up top. That guy doesn't ever seem satisfied. That's right. <laughs> you would think that he coaches the Cleveland Browns still. It it is. It's unreal and <laughs> Like, the, the, probably the best example that comes to mind is if you were to talk to any members of their undefeated team in 2007 that, you know, went 16-0 and in the regular season, they would tell you that they felt like they were on a team that was 0-16. The more <laughs> games they won, the harder he got on them. Wow. Right? Cause it's like, wow. And think about it now, Nate. I mean, that was even 2007. Right. Like, that was pre-social media, like the distractions and the the things that can get in your way. Like, how do you keep that short-term focus? Like, that's the one thing that stands out to me from Belichick. Like, he just will not. He is uncompromising in terms of like, you are not going to move me off the spot. Like, we're playing this week, and let's say we have a game against the Houston Texans, and you ask me a question about something that is not concerned with that game. I'm not going to answer it. Like, right. I'm, not even, I'm actually not even, not, not only am I not going to answer it, I'm not even going to entertain the thought. So mentally, I don't even let it enter my mind. Right. Like that type right. of stuff, you know? So you've been with this team, obviously, since you graduated college. Uh, how, how, 
just talk briefly, if you would, about climbing the ranks through from, from that first original paper. Give us a little story about, I know you were at the, I think, what was it, Boston Globe or Herald? Yep. How, how, yep. Talk about your yeah. path, talk about the path to how you got to where you are, if you would. Yeah. So, well, I, 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 as I talk to you, I, I look to my right and I have, I keep a stack of rejection letters, um, you know, as just a reminder of um, how I was trying to break into the business uh, coming out of college in 1997. Uh, I sent out r- resumes, cover letters to pretty much every newspaper in the country because my hope was to become um, a sports reporter at a newspaper. And at the time, that's where I, I, I thought to myself, that would be a great career to have, not really knowing, you know, where this world would go. You know, newspapers are so different now than they were in 1997. So I got all these rejections, Nate, and then I get one call because my brother had a friend who knew the editor of the Patriots team newspaper, and they were looking for someone on the cheap who could start right, after, right away. And I'm like, sign me up. And it, and it was a great reminder to me of, like, I felt like I had good credentials coming out of college, but it took me a contact, someone who I knew that knew someone that knew someone else to get me in the door, you know? And that was humbling sure. to me because I, you know, I always wanted it to be based on pure meritocracy. Like, hey, oh, you know what? This kid looks like he's got some good things going for him. We'll give him a shot. But, like... You need that personal connection to get to at least get you in most of the time. So that's how it started for me. And then I always wanted to sort of work at the Boston Globe newspaper. And what they told me at the time was, okay, you're working for the Patriots, meaning like you're getting paid by the owner, Robert Kraft. Like if we ever hire you, like we need to know that you can step away and be objective and criticize the owner. You know, if you need to criticize the coach, which maybe didn't happen as much in a team-owned publication. So, (laughs) you know, after two years, I I moved on. I went to my hometown newspaper where I worked in high school, and I was there for six years. And I covered a variety of things from the Patriots to high schools. Um, You know, we did... We put out, you know, great sections on the weekend, um, you know, Sunday sports sections, uh, Friday night football would be in your Saturday paper. And that was at a time when, like, newspapers were a vital part of the local community. Like, you wanted to read about the game? Like, you'd open the newspaper. It was pre, sort of like, before the whole web was really exploding. And then, probably the biggest thing I would say, and I can make it short so it doesn't get too long, is just, like the willingness to embrace the web in like 2002, 2003, when that was becoming a bigger part of our business, I would say like my blogging on the Patriots helped me get noticed by the Boston Globe when everyone was down there and they were writing stories that would go in the next day's paper, the ability to sort of say, hey, look, I have this stuff on a blog and you don't have to wait till tomorrow to read it. Here it is right here. And wow. that was sort of, you know, that was sort of like the willingness to do that probably helped me get notice. And ultimately the Globe hired me. And a big part of that was to blog on the Patriots. People listening to this right now, like these college kids or these young kids coming up, they're going, what the fuck? They're going, they're going you would wait till the next day? 
right. You're trying to convince people that there's stuff that's out there right now and they don't want to look at it. They want to wait till the paper comes out tomorrow. They think you're crazy. That goes to show you how how insane, back to the beginning, when Kraft told you guys that this was going to revolutionize the way the... They didn't really realize it was going to revolutionize everything in this society. Right. Right. And that's right. Now it just ends up right... I mean, literally snap of a finger it will be in your phone it, it's yeah. delivered to yeah. you right that's yeah, crazy not now if you now if you're like five minutes uh if you delay five minutes you're too late yeah yeah and and that and then and with that and i think this is really important to talk about it's like like with that there is a danger you know that comes with it because mm-hmm. let's say you're rushing or because you feel the need to get it out that fast you have to make sure it doesn't compromise your fundamentals. And and the fundamentals are, do I have the story 100% right? You know, am I, am I rushing to get it out without having the full context of it? Like, and those, those are the challenges in the business now that I think a lot of us feel. And I compare it to football, the game that I cover. It's like when... The, the game, while it's changed over the years, the fundamentals of it are the same. Still have to block, still have to tackle. You know, like the stuff Bill Belichick teaches in that area is probably not much different, if at all, than what he did in 1975 right. when he first started coaching the league. But, you know, like now the game, the game, now there's hurry up offense. So, how, how does that test your fundamentals? You know, all that stuff. Same thing in what we do. You know, and I think that the, the, the part that just is always hanging over you is the idea that if you make one mistake, yeah, um, you know, social media-wise, one mistake, yeah. it can ruin everything. That's right? interesting. And That's scary, man. A, That's scary. Yeah. 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 One, one put pushing the button too fast, one bad tweet. We've seen it yeah. happen. We've seen it happen with other people, so... That's uh, that's scary. So you ended up going to the Globe, and yep. you were with the Globe until when? Yeah, so I was at the Globe from 2005 to 2009, and at that, that was a great, that was just an unbelievable experience. That was my dream job, and when I look back on it, um, you know, I, would, I was there to cover the Patriots, so that was sort of the, the, the job, and a couple factors outside my control elevated me up positions to be honest nate probably before i was ready so for example 2005 i was there i was still covering high school blogging on the patriots and then that year the patriots beat writer left the paper and so i got promoted to patriots beat writer in 2006 and then that year our our nfl columnist who also wrote like a big nfl column in addition to the patriots um, he got moved off that position, and so the next year they bumped me up to that position. And I felt like I probably could have benefited from a few more years, like just doing the beat writing and, and sort of getting my, you know, just even more, you know, getting more experience. And it happened fast, but it was a great run and a great ride, and I'm around amazing people. Right. And we get, to two, we get to 2009, and at that point, you know, I'm married, we have a daughter coming, and ESPN was opening up some local websites to cover sports in Boston, New York, Chicago, uh, Dallas, and L.A. And 
you know, made a contact with them and they said, how would you feel about joining us? And, you know, while I'm sitting there at my dream job at the Boston Globe, I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, like with a daughter coming and a, hopefully a growing family, the chance to be aligned with what they call the worldwide leader was incredibly enticing. And also, you know, from a security standpoint, but also, um, you know, from a standpoint of like there's TV, there's radio, there's web, there's sort of like a lot of things under that umbrella that would give me a chance to grow professionally. And so That's awesome. I made the jump in 2009, and yeah. I've been there, um, thankfully, since, and and uh, it's been a great spot. Well, you know, in 2009, you were covering, that's how you and I developed our relationship. You were covering uh, our draft, well, you were covering their the, the 2009 Patriots draft class still, I think, at the Globe, yep. which yep. was in like that April, May, June time. And that's when, yep. of course, we had Ron Brace, who unfortunately got passed away, I mean, so abruptly and sadly several years back. Yep. That was crazy, yeah. So that was that's when... Uh, that's how you and I developed our relationship. So I didn't realize we really were kind of on a similar path and trajectory with the new family coming and right. and uh, looking for some different you know security options out there. So so that was it. When you left the Globe, that was your last draft class, and then you ended up going to ESPN. What second half of twenty two thousand nine? Yep. In yeah. September of two thousand nine. You know. Yeah. And, and you know, Nate, like you you make like I, I one of the reasons I was excited to talk to you on this is is the purpose of what you're doing when you talked about, you know, the wellness, the, the self-improvement, the motivation, because I think we're all trying to find that. No one has all the answers. And I, it got me thinking, like, what what is the most important thing to me along this journey? Like, what what do you value? What And, and, and when you talked about our connection starting in 2009, it's really the relationships, right? Yeah. I mean, we developed a connection. We we. You know, we, we tr- there was a trust, and, there, and, and so when, when we reconnected on this, like, that stuff, that's what means a lot to me. Absolutely. You know, and, and so I think that's just one thing I would highlight on anything is, like, you know, try to, try to invest in relationships. And that, that, that's not easy, and they take different shapes and turns, and sometimes people disappoint us, sometimes we disappoint people. Um, but I feel like if our intentions are true and we're trying to do the right thing, like usually that that has a fairly decent chance of working out well for you. That's the that's about the best advice you can give. Uh, it goes back to what you said when you were coming out of school and saying, "Hey, I, I'm I'm like in my opinion, I'm a pretty talented guy," and, and it didn't necessarily matter right off the bat. You needed to go through points A to get to point B to point C through these different connections just to get your first job. And that was because you had a relationship with somebody who had a relationship with somebody else and yada, yada, yada. It's the same thing. It's the same exact thing here. And it's the exact same thing with practically everything. It's all about who you know and and not just, oh, I know that person. But like you said, investing in that person, investing in developing a relationship. And that's only gotten harder, I feel like, for these kids coming up now because they don't need to. They They could hide behind the texting and all that other crap. Whereas you and I had a, you and I grew up, we had to just, you had to go and shake somebody's hand. You wanted to take a girl out to prom, you had to go call her and ask her. Now you just yeah. send her a Facebook message. Yeah. It's crazy. And, I, and I, I, yeah, I love the discussion. It makes me feel old, right? I mean, but because I'm a big believer in communication, I find like when I, when I'm in, not in a good place or something's bothering me, 
um, whether it's at home, you know, maybe something, you know, our, with my wife or with my kids or even at work. Like, was it the way I written, you know, could have been like an email that came in. It's like, pick up the phone and talk about it. You right, know, to hear, right. You know, to hear someone's tone, their infliction, that's different than reading about it. And that's some of the best advice I ever got was before you fly off the handle or get upset, you know, have you talked about it? Right. Have you tried to understand where the other person's coming from? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you could read a text message. Three different people could read the same text and have a different interpretation, each person. Yes. It's, yes. it's a, one person could think the person's being rude, and the other person could think that it was a beautiful text. It's just, yep. like you said, it's all about that tonality. So let me, let's get through it to, uh, um, obviously, it's been a hell of a run. 21 years you've been covering this team. You've been part of some of the most amazing experiences. Do you travel with the team? What's the behind the scenes like? Yeah, so not not with the team, literally like on their team plane, mm-hmm. but wherever the team goes, um, more often than not, um, I'm usually there um, at their games and, and really neat. Like that's opened up amazing life experiences for me. Yeah. You know, I, I've been to London twice was just in Mexico, you know, um, all the, you know, think about all the NFL teams, all the cities, and I will tell you, every year, uh, I think it's been since 2005, 2006, my dad comes with me for one weekend a year. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we have some great memories that we've stacked uh, over the years, so. That's really, that's really, that's really cool, man. I'd imagine... Uh, of all the things that's been uh, the most exciting moment or, you know, one of the most exciting moments for you covering this team in 21 years, correct me if I'm wrong, had to be that 2017 Super Bowl 51. <laughs> the greatest <Yep>. comeback, <laughs> right? I mean, enough said, right? Well, my I had a couple favorite stories on that one. Um, you know, it, it was, so the first thing would be halftime, 21-3, I I text my wife at home. I text her a frown face, you know, because I'm thinking of my kids and what the reaction is back home. And she texts me back something like, you know, everything's okay here, you know. And I texted her back and I said, well, you know, let's just not count out Tom Brady. You know, they call him one of the greatest of all time for a reason. And I saved that snapshot, Nate, because... I was like, God, oh, that, that's going to age well, right? I mean, it was, everyone was down on that. And then I will say, we didn't text at 28-3 when they went down in the third quarter. <laughs> so I don't know if my reaction would have been the same, but I'm going to stick yeah. with that story. Yeah. You know, because uh, that was really something. And part of that, you know, when you're working it, you're you're so in it. You're not riding the, um, the ups and downs because you're just trying to focus on, okay, if they win – this is what my story is going to be. If they lose, this is what it's going to be. And with that, you know, you, you're sort of locked in either way. You're trying to take as much of that emotion as you can out of it as hard as that can be. That had to be absolutely amazing, man. That had to be incredible. And, and, and you mentioned your kids. You mentioned your wife, your kids, your family. You're thinking about them. Real quick, tell us a little bit about the, your connection with the Boston Children's Hospital and what your daughter went through, if you would. Yeah, so so this really changed, uh, you know, my life and and really my wife's life and the way we probably view life is, you know, we were so excited to to start a family. This is in 2008 at the time, and at the 18-week ultrasound when, you know, you're sort of 
checking on the health of the baby, um, you know, we learned that there, there was a heart defect um, in our daughter, Talia. And so at the time, I mean, we're going in thinking everything's great, and it was just a bombshell to us. Um, and we didn't even know, like, what do you do? Like, what are the what are the chances that she's going to live, and what's the life going to be like? And so you just sort of get taken for a little bit of a ride there, and and um, you know, thankfully, we're in you know one of the best places in the world for that. They have an amazing um, hospital in Boston, Boston Children's, and a great program. And so our daughter was born, and you know. Three, four days later, she's having a heart surgery after Jeez. she was born. And, you know, you just sort of realize that every day is precious. And, you know, you need to rely on people that, quite honestly, Nate, like are, are pretty amazing people, you know? like the, Yeah, yeah. And, the people that you never yeah. hear about. Those are the ones you never yeah, hear about. Right. Yeah, that's right. So you your know, daughter's nine years old now and she's healthy. Got, yeah, she's got, healthy thank now God. and she's had a couple surgeries you know she had one at three days old she had one at six months old she had one at three years old and you know we just knock on wood and appreciate every day that you know her heart is in a good place and we go for annual checkups and anytime we can support the hospital and talk about the great things they're doing and and how it sort of you know affected our life and changed the way we view life you know we oh man yeah anyone that has kids uh, anyone that has any kids could really appreciate and understand what you're saying. That that's a scary, scary thing. I can't imagine what you guys have gone through with that. I'm just thank God that she's doing well and God bless you and your family, man. That's just that's crazy. That's got to be absolutely crazy what you've gone through. And thank God she's doing great. Uh, I I appreciate you saying it, and I think one of the things that I've also learned is that if it's not that, you know, everyone's going through something. Everyone has different challenges and you learn to become a lot more sensitive to that and I'll never forget you know my boss at the Globe had told me that I I said to him at the time when I was you know just it was me and my my wife at the time no kids I said you know you're so understanding you know every time I tell you you know I might have something that came up and he goes you'll see as you get older you know your your life your view on life will change a little bit and I always appreciated his, you know, guidance and wisdom on that stuff. His name was Joe Sullivan. He was the sports editor at the Boston Globe. So yeah, that's, that's beautiful, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's uh, that's very inspirational. Continued blessings to your daughter, your family, those amazing people at the hospital and hospitals across this country that you really never hear about, but they're incredible people every day, saving lives, changing people's lives more more often than not for the better. Thank God. Uh, one other thing before we get into finish it off with some uh, off-season football talk. Uh, one last thing, I, I imagine one of the other great highlights of your career was writing that book with Troy Brown. Yeah, that was a blast. Um, so Troy, so books, first of all, as a writer, are really challenging, and um, I don't consider myself like any great writer, you know, more of like a grinder and a reporter. Uh, but Troy, Troy was looking for something to just sort of, um, you know, sum up his career and sort of how, you know, how he, um, you know, came up through the ranks and maybe that could influence kids, you know, that um, were thinking, like, I can't do this, you know, and, well, you know, read my story and maybe you can, you know, maybe your mindset will change. And so 
so Troy reached out to me and said, would you consider helping me put this together? And I thought to myself, if I'm going to do this, like this is the type of project that I would want to do. Uh, we did it, and, you know, he was happy with it, which made me happy. And, you know, I'm, I'm really thrilled for him that he has a piece now that he can turn around and bring to a school or bring to his alma maters and say, you know, this is my story, and, and, and maybe it will make a difference in your life. That's beautiful. Yeah, he was just a guy that no one would ever thought would have made it, and he ended up becoming a Hall of Famer in the Patriots Hall of Fame, which is awesome. What's the book called? So it's called Patriot Pride. Um, it's Troy Brown's story, and it's, you know, if there's one lesson, Nate, that sort of ties into, you know, this whole discussion and the podcast that you've been doing, it's probably my favorite part of the book was his second year with the Patriots, 1994. He fumbled away um, a return in the preseason, and he got cut, and he was out of football for half the season, sort of wondering, like, Am I ever going to play again? And he started to think, like, feel sorry for himself. And then he said, what am I doing? Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get back on your horse, work again, and promise yourself that if you ever get another chance, you'll make the most of it. And wouldn't you know that his replacement had a similar error in the regular season. The Patriots called him back, and he came back, and he was a different player because he said, I'm never going to let that happen to me again. And then you mentioned it. Here he goes from 1993 was the first year. I'm talking about the second year of his career. 2007, he finishes his career as a three-time Super Bowl champion and ultimately gets inducted into the Team Hall of Fame as one of the most popular players in team history. So that is that's a, a great <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is fantastic. I, we'll link up the book uh, to the Amazon yeah. uh, through through the show notes as well. So that's just an awesome. That's got to be. I'd love to. I'm going to read that book. That's that sounds fantastic. And you're in what second or third print now? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it's the second printing. That's yep. beautiful, buddy. Beautiful stuff. Hey, listen, let's finish it off. Uh, really appreciate you shedding some light into your story, into the story of the players you're covering. Let, let's talk about some of these guys in the offseason real quick because I wouldn't be uh, doing anyone any favors. People would be like, hey, man, you didn't talk about the Patriots. we got to see what's going on with the team. So let's let's start with the, the two most important players on the team, Devin and uh, Jason McCourty. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well done, man. You haven't lost your touch. Um, those those two guys, first of all, like, I want to just go back to something Bill Belichick said at the Super Bowl this last year. He said that he is as proud to coach Devin McCourty, uh, not just as a player, but as what he represents as anyone in his career. And we're talking about Bill Belichick here, who's had quite a career. So, you know, I think before we talk a little bit about Devin or anything like that, I mean, I think that that needs to be at the top of the discussion. And, yeah, that's remarkable. You know, yeah, yeah, he's a team leader, and you see the stuff he's doing through the Players Coalition to try to make use this platform as an NFL player respectfully so to make a difference in our world, in local communities, and... So those are a couple things that stand out with Devin. I know he's so excited to have his brother Jason. They talked for a long time about playing together, and that is so, so we'll crazy, man. Turns out, how yeah. cool is that? Have there ever been twins that have played like in the same backfield, like the same? Yeah. So it's a great question. I actually um, 
can tell you that in now in the in the preseason, yes, but let's like actual games, regular season, you have to go back to 1926 and the Louisville Colonels, and it was Gene and Tom Golson who uh, the Pro Football Hall of Fame said were the last twins to play a, reg- a, a regular season game like a real game on the same team. I'm not wow. sure what positions they were. Wow. I'd have to look on that, but they'd be making history if they do it. You see, folks, this is why he's the best at what he does. He he pulls out he pulls out the stat. <laughs> he, he already knew. Uh, but yeah, that's really cool, man. I, I'm sure those guys are so thrilled. To, I'm trying to get get Devin or or if maybe both of them on to, to come on the show uh, through Andy. So so I'd love to reconnect with some of those guys, and I'm sure it's really cool seeing them out there. The the dynamic, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Belichick jokes that. Uh, you know, sometimes they'll trick him, and he doesn't know which one is which. <laughs> I, I, I had talked to Bill about, hey, that's a good way to disguise your coverages, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he laughed at that one. And it's hard to get Bill Belichick to laugh. You yeah, know? it is. It is. I'm sure you've done it at least, you know, a handful <laughs> of times in your in your 20 years. Uh, <clears throat> who's going to start for running uh, running back for you guys? What does it look like? So, well, you know, in the Patriots, like I always say to, like, fantasy football players, it's always a committee with them, and they'll do – They'll ride the hot hand. I mean, last year they were planning on Mike Gillisley, and then by week six they felt like Deion Lewis was the better option, so they ride it out with Lewis, and away he goes. Uh, this year they have Rex Burkhead. He's going to be a lock to make the team. Um, you know, they have James White, who's their passing back. We know how much they pass, so he's going to play a lot. First-round pick Sony Michel out of Georgia. He's going to get a lot of run. So between those three, um, that's a lot. And then you look at, you know, couple guys probably fighting for one spot jeremy hill former lsu guy uh from the bengals trying to revive his career in new england maybe mm-hmm. makes it maybe mm-hmm. he doesn't and mike gillisley who was the top guy early last year he might be fighting for a roster spot um you know he could be in the mix as well depending on how things shake it's out. so crazy nfl truly does stand not for long it's just there's no sport where you can be on top one year and just completely go on the next more so than than there is in the like the NFL. It's it's crazy. Right. It's crazy. Uh, and then the receiver position, Edelman may be suspended. I saw for the first four games. Um, so how's the receiver shaping up? So this is going to be really interesting to see. So you got Julian Edelman pending appeal. Uh, could miss the first four games for violation of the NFL's policy on performance enhancing substances. So if he does, Chris Hogan, who enters his third year with the Patriots, he'd sort of bump up to the top spot. And then there's a lot of guys there, you know, that, that will be part of it. Uh, could be Kenny Brick, uh, the former, um, you know, Tennessee Titan, Ram, Brown. He's in here. Cordero Patterson's in here. Jordan Matthews is in here. Philip Dorsett, Malcolm Mitchell, and then a couple young guys, Riley McCarron. Cody um, Hollister and Braxton Berrios, a sixth-round pick out of Miami. So they have a lot of guys after trading Brandon Cooks, yeah. but not a lot of clarity. Yeah, you know, like yeah, it say, seems like hey, that. Definitely going to be those guys. So it's they're going to that's going to be one of the better competitions to watch in training camp. Yeah, that's that's neat. That's really neat. And uh, you guys got uh, uh, Adrian Claiborne now too. He was a guy that we recruited Andy and I out of Iowa. He's had a he's a beast, man. I think he'll do some good things for for New England. Looks like right defensive end, you know. And you think about the Super Bowl against the Eagles; they really struggled to generate some pressure on the quarterback. 
they're hoping that he can help, you know, in that area. And one of the things I've noticed about him, just watching a couple practices this spring, I mean, he really cares about what he's doing. Like, he's one of the first guys, if not the first, out in the field every day, sort of an understated kid, doesn't say much, leads by example. Like, I think he's going to fit in real nice here. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and who's going to start for quarterback? That's probably a, a tight competition, I'd imagine. <laughs> Named Tom Brady. He's not bad, Nate. He's not bad. Unbelievable. Um, you know, it's been different, though, not seeing him around, you know, for the voluntary workouts this offseason. But my, my sense is, well, it would have been nice to have him here to de- develop some connections with those new receivers. Um, I don't believe it's going to be a huge factor going forward in terms of their level of success. I yeah. still think they're the team yeah. to be. Yeah, you got Hoyer. Hoyer's a good backup, man. He's, he's a Cleveland boy. Boyer's a good yeah, kid. He's a, a good player. Kid. Yeah. I mean, really one of the best to, to come through that locker room. Just yeah. a really good guy. And, and um, you know, he gives you that sort of veteran presence that if you need to call on a backup, you know, you feel like you can still compete with him. Absolutely. All right, man. Hey, listen, let's round it out. You Give us your final, uh, give us your prediction for the 2018 NFL season Patriots. What, 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 who wins the Super Bowl? What happens? Well, so I would say, you know, they, they, they make us do this at ESPN, too, where you have to sort of go through every game, pick winners. I think I picked them for 11 wins and five losses, which actually, for their standard, would be a down year for them. Um, you know, I always try to be uh, as conservative, realistic as possible. I still think that would be a great season for them. That would be like, would a, say, that'd be like a Super Bowl for the Cleveland Browns fans, just so you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, yeah. there's always hope. I think yeah. as the Eagles showed us last year, you know, I don't know how many people were talking about the Eagles Good point. at this time last year, you know. So Good point. I think that's what I love about sports. You know, hop on, take the ride, enjoy the journey, and see where it leads you. Um, you know, for the Patriots, I always say, like, if, if you're not going to pick them, then who? And, you know, I can make a, as strong of a case for the Patriots as I can any other team in the league. That's awesome. Hey, uh, Bud, great to reconnect with you. Um, I will continue to, to, to watch you closely. I'm getting back into it, watching sports a little more these days. I'm really happy we could reconnect. I really appreciate you coming on the show. And uh, we'll stay in touch, man. Thank you for sharing your story. I look forward to it. Thanks a bunch, Nate. Talk to you soon. Thanks. Take care. Bye. The Optimal Life. And thank you for listening to a, another episode of The Optimal Life. Really appreciate the support. And uh, if you guys enjoy what you're listening to and enjoy what you're hearing, as always, please click subscribe and give us the five-star rating so we can continue to elevate the podcast within Apple Podcasts and everywhere else that the podcast is played and provided. And uh, leave us a comment. Leave us feedback. You could, uh, we're always open to feedback, whether it's positive or negative. So uh, you know, we want to do whatever we can to improve the show. And if there's something that we're missing, then let us know. You could reach me also on Instagram at Nathan Haber. And uh, again, I know that you have a lot of listening options these days. There's a lot of information out there. There's a lot of people sharing different things. So if you are listening to this podcast and if you're a loyal listener to this podcast, from the bottom of my heart, I want to just say thank you. Uh, very grateful for that. And uh, we're going to continue providing you guys with the best content possible so that we can continue to live an optimal life and be our optimal and best selves. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks.